Welcome to the Life of Christ Series 3, Term 3. Uh, this is Lesson 23, I believe. And uh, we are going to pick up where we left off in Luke chapter... In fact, let me just go back a little bit. Um, let's go to... Um, I'm going back to page 14, because it kind of starts there. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 17... On page 14, it says, And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. Remember he came to, to Nazareth? It says where he was brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue. This is verse 16. On the Sabbath day, stood up to read. And then it says in verse 17, And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And we went on to look at what was written there. So here it begins in... Let me actually read this. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. We're on page 15 now. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me, it's at the top of the page, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Okay, and remember again that the rest of that verse went on to say, and the day of vengeance of our God, which he didn't read, because that was to do with his second coming, not this one. Amen? All right, and that's I said to you before, that's what Israel is waiting on. But what they didn't know was they needed the Lord to come first and die before he could do the next thing he needed to do. Amen. All right. So, we were looking at some of the different aspects of what he was bringing out. Now, one of the things that we looked at last time, we looked at, um, let me see if I can deal with this very quickly. He says here again, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Remember we looked at the fact that Jesus, the, the gospel that he would have preached to the poor was you don't have to be poor anymore. Amen? And you know, a lot of people need to understand that because the Bible never ever advocates poverty, ever. Religion advocates poverty, but the Bible never does. Okay? And, and they got that so that, you know, the people could grow rich off of, of the backs of the workers. You know, and, and so, you know, it was their way of taking. But you know the sad thing? That's really stupid when you think about it. Because at the end of the day, you end up with a whole bunch of poor people that can't give you anything. You know, you, you end up cut for, for a short-term gain, you miss out on the long-term blessing. Are you all with me? And it, isn't it funny how people fight that message? How they fight the message of prosperity, the gospel of prosperity, at the same time, they'll complain about how, you know, how the world has all the money. Now, sweetheart, any stupid person, I'm sorry, I need to say it this way, can figure out that if there's a hundred bucks on the planet, and the world has 80, we can only have 20. And if you say that we are only meant to have five, when we are giving the other 15 to the already, okay, or whatever, you know, to the world, and they're going to have it. And then don't complain, they have it, because you gave it away. Because you're preaching a gospel to give it all away, to not have any of it. And this planet has a certain amount of money, and either you have it or they have it. There's no middle ground. It doesn't go into limbo somewhere. Where, you know, you can't have it and they can't have it either. No. As soon as you tell people they can't have it, somebody else has it. 
Amen. So let me ask you a question. I'm in preaching mode, so let's preach a little bit. (laughs) Who's got your money? (laughs) Okay. Listen to me. I'm I'm, I'm saying this to you. I am doing what Jesus did now. This is the proclamation of the gospel. Okay. The gospel is good news. Good news to a poor person is you don't need to be poor and you are not meant to be poor. And if you are poor, somebody else has your money. That's the good news. You don't have to try to earn it. You just need to find out who's got it. Amen. Can, can I just say this? I, one of the greatest, I, I've repeated myself before on this, and I, I want to say it again today. You know, repetition is good. Amen. Okay. Listen to me. If you're not getting in the finances that you believe you're meant to get, you need to go and bind the devil and say, Devil, get your hands off my money. You don't go to God and say, God, where's my money? No, no, that's right. The number of times I have done that, even recently, when things are sort of starting to go a little funny, and I think, wait a minute, devil's got his hands on my money. I don't go to God and say, where is it? I go to the de- I've learned not to do that. You know why? Because then you pick a fight with God. Then you're fighting with the guy that's given it to you. You're not ever going to win that fight, asked Jacob. Okay, it doesn't work. (laughs) Amen. Okay, listen man, he's not the problem. (coughs) Amen. See, this is the reason why the devil has done everything to make God our problem. If we think that God isn't going to give it to us, then how are we ever going to get it? And to get it then is to go against God. Are you all with me? Just like the stupid people, I'm sorry to say this again, but this is stupidity, okay? That say healing is not for us and then they will go to the doctor and get healed. They will oppose God. Hello, are you all with me? Listen man, if you believe God is, is the one, is the healer, then okay. If you're not getting healed, you know, uh, by laying on of hands and you're not getting it that way, just know that something else is out there waiting for you that will get you there. Because God wants you healed. Know that you're not going against Him getting healed. Whatever method it, it is required. I don't care. You know, I don't care. People say, are you, you know, one of those people that believes that you have to believe by faith for everything? No. I think we should. But I don't think we can. Yes. You got a pill? Take it. <laughs> and you're not, a pill, you're not a pill for taking it. Okay, alright. You know, what a pill. You know, okay, not one of those, alright. You, you need to understand, it's okay. It's so, watch out for the colored ones. No. <laughs> Those are a whole other category. <laughs> okay, no. But you understand, the important thing is understand, you need, to get, you, you need to get healed, understand God is behind that, and He will, if you're not receiving it by faith, He will find some other way to get it to you. Just look for it. That's just as dumb as saying God doesn't want us to be rich or whatever, and then go out and work two jobs to try and get money in. And then grumble against God because you have to do that, and you have to, you know, not spend, you can't spend time with your family, you can't be at home, you can't be doing the things you want to do, because you're working, working, working. You see how this stuff doesn't work? Amen? Okay. So, uh, you know, that was last week. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's really important that we understand that... If you are in lack, you need to go by faith and tell the devil, take your hands off my money. Take your hands off of it. See, that way you're not putting any demands on God. You're putting a demand on the devil to get his hands off. Now, you're allowing God to do whatever he wants to do. And trust me, it has results. I have had first-hand experience with that even up to this week. Anyway, it, you know, it's, just, it's a thing you do, alright? Alright, so back to this. So... This would have been the way that Jesus preached the gospel to the poor. I'm on page 17 now. Mm. 
With the good news being that they didn't have to remain poor any longer. But not only did Jesus say he came to free us from poverty, but also to heal the brokenhearted. Now that's going to be seen in a way that in the way that he will raise Lazarus from the dead and so heal the broken hearts of both Mary and Martha. And also in the way that he will raise the widow's son from the dead and heal her broken heart. That should be Oh, well, actually, yeah, no, leave it. Yeah, and here's a broken heart, as brought out in Luke chapter 7, verses 12 through 17, where it says, And when he came near the gate of the city, we've seen this incident before, but for Bible college, let's do this. And behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. Now notice, because there's a large crowd there, obviously... She was well known, he was well known. Okay, otherwise there wouldn't be anybody attending. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Okay, so obviously she was broken hearted. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. Uh, Let's stop there for a minute. I want you to notice how he dealt with the situation of this woman's broken heart. He didn't hand her a business card and say, after the funeral, come and see me. We'll counsel this through. I have nothing against counseling at all. We counsel all the time. Do you know that? Uh, You know, we need to understand what counseling is. See, counseling like prayer has become kind of a professional thing, like prayer is religious, okay? Instead of a real thing. Do you know when, when, when you see somebody that's downcast and you speak to them and say, just when you say, I will pray for you, you know, or ask them what's happening and you start to, you just talk to them a little bit and help them to navigate through the problem that they're having. You're counseling them. Okay, without putting them on a clock and without charging them money. Okay, <laughs> all right. You are allowing the Spirit of God to speak through you into their lives. Alright, and don't forget to pray at the end. See, the power of counseling is in the prayer at the end when you get God involved in it. It's not in your wisdom, it's not in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Do you understand? And that's the difference. Just very recently, you know, I had a situation where somebody needed some counseling. And I, I don't consider myself a person that can counsel the way the people with the certificates can counsel. All right, so I have to always depend on God a lot. All right, and I think that's a good thing. Sometimes I think the more you have behind you, the more you tend to fall back on, on your training as opposed to listen out for the Spirit. Yes. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so, I, I, you know, as many times as I've wanted to go to counseling courses, God has just said no. Every time I ask Him why, He said, You need to know that. I am behind your counseling, not some intellectual thing. And he said, if you do that, then you're going to apply the same solution to every problem that is similar. Even though you need to navigate, there's still there's a huge difference. And I'll give you an example very quickly here. We're talking about the brokenhearted. We're talking about how to, to minister to them, okay? Because Jesus came to do that. And if he came to do that then, then he wants to do that now through us. Okay, can I get an amen on that one? Alright, we are His hands, His feet, His mouthpiece today, okay, in this earth. And so you need to understand this, and you know, just with this individual, I, I was, they were sort of telling me what some, you know, the situation that they were in. And the Lord spoke up loud and clear and said, this is what's going on. I mean, it was just like a loudspeaker. And this individual, I didn't, I never asked 
um, details. See, the world needs to find details out in order to do their job. We need to get details from God because they don't always give us the right details. Or they don't want to tell us. Do you understand? And so, <laughs> I, I knew this individual didn't want to say too much, so I, I, I sort of was listening out for God, and I said, God, you have to tell me what. And he just gave me a word. You know, a lot of times it comes in a word. I got a word regarding this whole situation. I mentioned this word, and this individual said, that's exactly what it is. Right? And I thought, thank you, God. You know, you know yeah, you know, we, all, we walk by faith. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And so I thought, oh, thank God, I'm listening to God. Okay, so this is, this is going well. Because of that, then I knew that I had the faith to pray that God was there over this situation. And this individual, apparently, was just having a very difficult time for a very long time. And praise God, and you know, again, this is God, okay? Because the Lord was involved, what this individual had been struggling with for months... Just after that, everything started to reset itself. Okay? Praise God. That's what we are meant to do. We are meant to depend on the Holy Spirit. You know, it didn't take 600 counseling sessions. (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say? Took one. We hit the nail on the head, prayed the power of God into the situation, and then God took over. Are you all here? And that's what we need to do. We need to always allow God to do His job. Amen. See, that's where pride needs to stay back. This is all about God. This is humility. Alright? This is all about you saying to God, God, you talk to me. I don't know what to say. I don't know where to go with this. Until you give me some direction, I won't know. And can I say this to you as well? If you're getting no direction, there's one of two things wrong. Either... Uh, you're not prepared. <laughs> okay, it's always that possibility. Because so, I don't always want to blame the other person. Okay, it's all you know. Because we're human too. Amen. Okay, but generally it's not the case. Because if you're willing to to, to step out, God will honor that. Amen. Can I say that? Okay. So it's very rare that you're not prepared. Okay, God will override you regardless of how bad you've been. He will just override everything. Generally speaking, I've just noticed that. Okay. But it means, if you're not getting anything, it means that you, you, you shouldn't be touching this thing. See, we think we have to help every single person. Okay, but you don't know what's behind it. Do you hear me? And I could go through a whole scenario of things. Again, we're dealing with the brokenhearted, but I could go through a whole scenario of things. Just be careful. If God isn't giving you anything, don't try to force it, and don't try to do your own wisdom. Amen? It's a very difficult thing for us to learn. Because we always want to carry on about stuff and put our input into it. It's a temptation we have to resist. Do you hear what I said? Okay, it's a temptation we have to resist. Because we don't realize what we're doing. So we need to be careful. I have to always be careful. I have to always listen out for God and say, Is this a time to say something or do I shut up? Mostly he says, shut up. Amen. Family, if he's telling me to shut up, check your... All right, let's moving on. Just read into that whatever you want. All right, moving on. So, <laughs> it says, it says, so he who was dead sat up. So notice Jesus' solution to this, raise the dead. Don't counsel the woman, raise the dead. Amen. See, this is why he didn't need to, you know, didn't need to send people into therapy. Because he would deal with the problem that was causing their grief. He would deal with it. 
Amen. All right. And so it says, And so he who was dead sat up, began to speak, and he presented him to, uh, to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all surrounding region. Now notice, the power of God when manifested, the way it takes care of a situation, it's very hard to keep that quiet. Okay? And you know, you gain a, a greater impact when the power begins to flow than you would if you were trying to counsel somebody. Do, do you see what I'm trying to say? Okay? Unless the power is flowing within the counseling. But I want you to understand something. This is the solution that Jesus came to give this world. It was a power solution. It was, you guys don't have something, I'm here to make a difference, so that you can see that this is the way God wants to deal with situations. He doesn't want you to, ha- to manage a situation, He wants to change a situation. Are you all with me? Because the world is, a, is all into managing things. Alright, and it, that's a good thing until, you know, if you are struggling with something and you are having problems with it, okay, managing is a good place to start. But don't let that be the place where you end. Always make room for the power of God to come and actually change it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Alright. For now, returning to Luke 14, we'll look at all of this in more detail when we get to them, alright? Jesus going to say um, that he was uh, also there to proclaim liberty to the captives, which also includes those who have been misled, okay? Because that's, that's the way you go into captivity a lot of times, is you're misled, alright? And then, you, you know, the devil um, traps you in your mind. And we have been talking about hope in church. And this is the reason why, you know, I said the devil comes to take your hope away. Because if he can take that away, then faith has nothing to give substance to. Amen? Alright, we're not doing that today, so let's get to here. <laughs> um, so that's why the Apostle Paul says in, uh, to Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 25 and 26, they should gently teach those who oppose the truth. We usually want to get arrogant. We usually want to get combative. We usually want to tell people off that oppose what we believe. Generally speaking. Watch what the Apostle Paul says. They should gently teach those who oppose the truth. If you're having trouble gently teaching those who oppose the truth, don't get involved. Yeah, but I got a lot to say. Keep it to yourself. Because you may have the right information, but you have the wrong attitude. Amen. Do you hear me? Okay. Next thing. That's what we're preaching on. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will believe the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. Notice, they come to their senses. Which means that the people that are opposing the truth are caught in a lie. Do you see that? Okay. And if you do the right thing, see... If you keep your attitude, watch, watch this, okay? If you keep your attitude good, if you have a good attitude, let's say it that way, alright? If you have a good attitude, then the person isn't going to reject what you said because of the attitude you said, said it with. See, a lot of times, people can give you good information. Now, let's turn the, okay, where you're receiving it. Have people told you something that's true, but the way they did it really was terrible? And because of the way they did it, you wanted to just not do it for the reason that they did it that way? 
Somebody comes and says, well, you better pray some more. Just for that, I'm not praying anymore. No, okay? you, you know, it was the right thing to say, but the way they said it. Okay? And you can do that. You can say things thinking you're helping God and bringing things across and actually turning situations around to where people are actually rejecting what you're saying. Amen? Now, let's go back. If you're the person that's saying it, and if you do it with a good attitude, listen to me, then they have nothing to reject it with regards to the delivery of it. If they're rejecting it now, it's only because of what you said. And then they have to decide why are they rejecting that. And can I say this, if you do it in a nice way, your face will keep coming up. Amen. And they'll see the way they acted, which was horrible. The, the way that you reacted, which was really sweet. And God will use that to say, You're not, you shouldn't have done them that way. You know, they were trying to be nice, man. They were trying to help you. And what did you do? Bite their head off. Listen to me. Listen to me. And so the, God will start to work on their conscience. Because you had a good attitude. And so they'll be thinking, well, what, what did they say again? You know, Because, see, you're not getting in the way of it. In fact, you're assisting with what is going on. Are you all here? And you need to understand this, the power that's why the greater of these is love. The, that's why it says also love never fails. The power behind this thing is in the attitude in which you, you, you relate it. There's a way of doing things, and if you don't know how to do that, wait on God to tell you how. Can I say that? Amen? Don't just let everything fly out of your mouth. Just because it's the Word of God doesn't mean it's good. You can take the Word and kill people with it. Look at all the religious wars that are going on right now. Do I have to say any more? All right. Okay, so are you getting some insight into this? We are here to heal the brokenhearted. We are here to help them, not make it worse. Amen? Amen. So notice again, he says, Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. See, we get a little bit angry and upset and have attitude because we realize that they're in the devil's trap. And we are so desperate to get them out. And when they're rejecting us, we get mad. Can I get a amen. amen? Okay, we do that. You know why? Because we care. That's why you need to be careful to let that go. Cast all your care upon Him. Amen? Because He cares for you. And say, God, I really, you know, I'm having trouble with this, okay? <laughs> I'm, telling all, I'm telling them all the good news and they're rejecting it and I can see it's going to lead them into all kinds of destruction now. Are you all here? So say, God, please help me do one of two things, either help me to fix my attitude or send somebody across their path. You don't have to save the whole world by yourself. Okay? Send some laborers across their path that they will listen to. Amen. That is a very powerful prayer you can pray. Alright. Notice again, it goes in the same, this was what was important. It says, for they have been held captive. And the, some of the other translations says, being misled by him. Alright, that's the devil, to do whatever he wants. Notice, they've been held captive, and you know, you can only be held captive if you're being misled. And we, we understand that's true because it says that they will come to their senses, which means that whatever they were thinking was wrong. They had to change the way they were thinking. Something in their thought life was wrong. Amen? So they had been deceived. You see, people don't hang on, generally speaking. To things that are deliberately wrong. They think it's right, see? Generally speaking, they think it's right. That's why they're hanging on to it. 
So what you are trying to do is show them the error of their ways and show them the error of their thinking, really. So that they can reevaluate and go, oh, wait a second, you're right. I should go this way instead. Amen? All right, I'm taking too long with this. Let me move on. So that's the captivity that Jesus came to ultimately set us free from. And why the Apostle Paul goes and says in Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now, I want you to know this uh, when we dealt with this in, in, in some of our Sunday services a, a while back. Notice that the power of darkness is real. We need to acknowledge that. Okay? The Bible says that he who has delivered us from the power of darkness. If it says darkness has power, darkness has power. Hear me? Okay? Now, understand that darkness only has power over those who have rejected Christ. That's right. Get it? Okay? But it doesn't have power over us. Unless we're ignorant. Unless we choose to be ignorant. And Hosea 4, 6 kicks in then. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Not for a lack of power. Are you getting this? So there is, darkness has power, so do you. You have a power that can overcome that power. But the only way that the power of darkness can overcome your power, is if you never know you have power. If you are ignorant of the truth. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. But if you don't know the truth, it won't... Forget about it. Amen? Alright. So notice again, I said the power of darkness is real, and it, it will keep people in bondage as long as they choose to continue to live in it. Do I need to say more in that one? Okay, alright. But for those who choose salvation, they are all translated out of... The, that darkness, and into the kingdom of God's dear Son. I want you to notice, an actual translation needs to take place. It, listen carefully. You don't just go from having a negative mental attitude to a positive mental attitude. I want to say something, but I won't. <laughs> okay, that's why the head went like that. Alright, okay. <laughs> It it isn't about a mental attitude. Alright? It's about an actual translation that takes place. Are you with me? Out of one kingdom and into another kingdom. Out of a kingdom that had had power over you to another kingdom that gives you power over it. Are you getting this? See, we go from being powerless to powerful. Not from changing power in one way to another way. Do you get this? Okay, we do have a certain kind of power, but it's nowhere close to what we need to deal with all of these things. Principalities, powers, rulers, all the things that the Apostle Paul talks about, okay? The things that we need armor for. There is no way we can deal with that stuff. You see a lot of those horror movies and stuff, everybody laughs, there's stuff going on out there, man. Listen to me, and there's no... If you don't know how to do this, it will... It, notice it says the power of darkness. It does have power. We see some of it in the hospitals and stuff, in the mental institutions. We see some of it. We don't want to know about it too much. Freaks us out, some of it. It's powerful, and we don't have a natural response to it. 
Because there isn't a natural response. It's a spiritual response. Amen? This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. All things are possible to him that believes. Amen? If you believe, then that power of God begins to be released in your life. Mountains begin to move. Demons begin to back off. Hallelujah. All right. All right. So, getting back to this. For those who choose salvation, they are all translated out of that darkness and into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And what Jesus meant when He said in John 8.36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen? See, this is what we're talking about. We're not talking about some, you know, mental freedom or anything like that. We are literally talking about you being freed from uh, being captive of the devil. Okay, the devil has, has held you captive for the longest time. There have been things in your life that was impossible. It was impossible. Alright? But because you have been freed from that, those things don't apply to you anymore. The only thing now that you carry is the memory of it. And all the, the, the logic that went with it. So you have to learn a new logic. That's the reason why Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 kick in. Alright? About the renewing of the mind. About... You know, presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice because your body will fight over it. <laughs> okay? And you need to renew your mind over it so you think differently as well. So you need your mind and your body cooperating with the Spirit. Amen. That's why Romans 8 is all about the Spirit. If, if you ever read it. Anyway, getting back to this. Fourth, it says, it was to proclaim recovery to sight. Uh, of sight to the blind, which we shall see happen over and over again. Remember, Jesus is going to be healing people, left, right, and center. Okay, And we'll take that up. Fifth, it was to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And this is talking mainly about demonic activity, among other things. And in the chapters ahead, again, we'll see exactly how Jesus delivered people from these heavy, oppressive, demonic spirits. All right, And we'll look at how he did it, so that we know how to do it as well. Finally, through his ministry, so I'm not going to deal with it here, because it'll be just too much. <laughs> we'll deal with it when we get to them. And finally, through his ministry to all, Jesus would proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And in doing so, herald the dawning of a new era. So what we see in Luke chapter 4 verses 18 and 19 is Jesus presenting himself as the solution to all the problems that humanity has faced in the past and will ever face in the future. When we come back, we'll continue on to verse 20 and look at what happened after that wonderful message. Take a break.